Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this episode of the C3 Church Podcast. You're about to listen into a message from one of our gatherings. To find out more about our community, where we gather both in person and online, and how to get involved, head to cfreechurch.ca. Now, let's listen into a message from a recent service. Hey, good to be here this morning. How are you? Good. We're gonna. I'm gonna just gonna uh, spin my wheels for two minutes till uh, till our other locations come online because I don't want them to miss the first part. I mean, you know, if you miss the first part, sometimes you miss the whole point. Yes. All right. So you know, it's just that's a little push here. Come to church on time. Oh, you missed it. Okay, that's good. Uh, lots of you coming early, and uh, it's it's great. You know, um, did you wake up this morning surprised there was rain? I mean, you went. I'm glad there was rain. Oh, there we go. It's, uh, that, that is true. Rain is, uh, rain is a wonderful thing when, uh, when you've been parched for a long time. We need all those seasons in life, don't we? We need the high, we need the low, so that we can, we can grow. And uh, <clears throat> I'm going to take you in a minute here to the New Testament. We're talking, about, we're talking about the church, the church over these next few weeks. And um, I want to really kind of key in on some of the um, just the... Uh, expectations and uh, the ideas, the things that we, we really need to know about church, about the kingdom, so that we can grow into it. That song this morning, even though it's, uh, you know, maybe might might the rhythm of it is a little bit difficult sometimes, build your church. Johanna talked about build your church. We want God to build his church. Yes. We want God to build his church, and that's such an important thing. Uh, welcome, Revelstoke. Welcome, uh, Vernon. I, uh, I hope you're tuned in. If you're not, well, welcome anyway. And uh, we're, uh, we, don't, we don't do a broadcast service very often, and so uh, it's, it's a bit of a challenge every time we do it, but we're glad you're here. My wife is a fantastic baker. Yes. She makes the best cinnamon buns in the whole wide world. We used to own a cafe, and she, it was her recipe her cinnamon buns, and she'd be up in the morning making them, and, and uh, it was in Revelstoke, and people would come from Trout Lake, they'd come from the cusp, and they'd call ahead to make sure there were cinnamon buns so they could get cinnamon buns when they got there. And you know what the feeling is? You come, you know, I, I mean, I get, I'm blessed by it because I come home, and you get this, you come in the door, and you smell the aroma of cinnamon buns going on in the house. And I came home one day and, you know, as I walk down the hall, we live in a condo, as I walk down the hall to get to the house or get to the, to the condo, I can smell, you know that smell? I can smell the cinnamon buns cooking before I get to the door. And as I open the door, you know, my expectation is kind of uh, growing. In fact, I'm salivating. I'm kind of getting hungry. I wasn't hungry when I got home, but I was hungry as I come down the hall, and I'm thinking about these cinnamon buns, because I can tell they're a unique smell, these cinnamon buns, and I get in the door, and, I, and I'm excited about these cinnamon buns, and my wife says, yeah, I got some special ones for you. And uh, there on the tray in front of me are cinnamon buns, but they don't look quite like they normally look like. Normally, our cinnamon buns are pretty thick, and these ones are pretty flat. And she says to me with a sheepish, vo- sheepish kind of voice, uh, I forgot something. Special ones for you. Special ones for me. I forgot something. They weren't quite they were like they were supposed to be. They weren't quite like what I expected because somebody forgot something. 
Anything in your life where you've been kind of expecting it to be somewhere way? Maybe you expect the kingdom of God to be some way, or you expect church to be some way, but you go, you know, I feel like there's something, somebody forgot something, something missing in this package. I want to take you to, uh, I want to take you to into the New Testament, a couple of verses, hopefully you can follow them along on the screen. First is in Matthew, Matthew chapter 13. Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, and we'll unpackage this a little bit. Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, and he talks about the kingdom of God in parables. And a parable is a story. It's just a story to, to uh, uh, express a point. And in Matthew chapter 13, 31 to 33, uh, Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, and it says, he told them a parable, and I'm reading this in the New International Version. He says, he told them another parable. The kingdom of God is like, everybody say like. like. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, which a man took, and planted in his field, and though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that birds come and perch in its branches. And then he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a yeast that a woman took mixed into the cinnamon dough, and, uh, or didn't mix into the cinnamon dough, and about 60 pounds of flour. Some of you caught that. Until it worked all through the dough. Let's go read this story again in a different, uh, at a different place in the Bible. In Mark chapter 4, verse 31 to 32, it says, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God. It says, it's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and it, be, or it grew and became a tree, and the birds perched in its branches. That's, you know, I think there's something that the, uh, uh, Jesus is trying to say. It's big enough that birds can live there. All right, it's just trying to tell you something. And again, he asks, what shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It's like yeast. Sorry, I just jumped it. Uh, uh, I'm uh, sorry, I just jumped over into a whole different version. You're going like, what are you reading? Uh, Luke chapter 13. I'm going to go to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, 19. To 21 says, it's like mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew, became a tree, and the birds perched in its branches. And again he asks, what shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It's like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour because her husband was really looking forward to cinnamon buns until it worked out all the way through the dough. Come on, let's, uh, we're going to pray before we go anymore. We're going to ask God to open something up for us today. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you that your word is true. It's powerful. And God, it has an effect on our spirit and our soul. And Lord, it shifts things in our heart. And God, I pray today that your word would come into our, our spirit, our heart today, all across our church. And it would shift something in our hearts, in our spirit. And we'd see something new and we'd see something changing in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're talking about this next two weeks. We're talking about church, and I'm coming to talk about the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God is not exactly the same as the church. How many of you know that? Yeah. It's not exactly the church. But the church doesn't exist without the kingdom of God. In fact, the kingdom of God, or sorry, the church, the church is really the expression of the kingdom of God in a specific time and a specific context. Sometimes you go to different churches around the world and you say they do this a little differently. You go to a different group of people and they do this a little differently than what we do. It's because the kingdom of God, the principles, the spiritual law of the kingdom of God is expressed through people. I mean, if you know when people get involved, sometimes things get filtered a little different. 
Sometimes things don't always come out the way you hope them. Hope they come out because they're filtering. So the kingdom of God is filtered through the church. The kingdom of God comes through the church. But Jesus here, he's talking about the kingdom of God. So this is what he's saying. This is the kingdom of God that I want shown through the church. This is what the kingdom of God would be like through the church. And so he talks about this in, in these two parables recorded in three different places in the Bible. You know when something's there three times, it's important. So three times it's recorded, this particular parable, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all take this parable. Matthew writes to the Jewish people. His, uh, his language is particularly intent on that. Luke is writing primarily to people who are not Jewish, and yet they say the same thing. So there's a universal principle at work here. And Jesus is describing to us the kingdom of God. Now, here's an interesting thing about the kingdom of God. Jesus never quite defines it. He just tells stories about it. You can't look in the Bible and go, here's the definition of the kingdom of God. So as you can imagine, for the last 2,000 years, every preacher, every theologian is trying to define the kingdom of God. But Jesus didn't define the kingdom of God. He demonstrated it. He told stories about it. And so he tells this story about the kingdom of God. And he says, this is, this is what the kingdom of God is like. So what the kingdom of God is like. So the first story he tells, the first parable he tells is, he says, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. How many of you have ever seen a mustard seed? I've never seen a mustard seed. I have no idea. Except for the fact that I looked it up on Google. I mean, you know. So maybe I saw a picture of one. But the mustard seed, technically, it's not the smallest seed in the world. Although Jesus says it's the smallest seed because in the context of what he knew, the Jewish uh, teachers would often use the mustard seed as the most common expression of the smallest thing that they knew. So he was talking to a group of Jewish people, and he said, this mustard seed, it's the smallest, smallest seed. But it has some potential in it. It can become something more than just a small seed. He talks about yeast, and he says, yeast. Uh, now, I've seen yeast. Some of you have seen yeast. We use it in our house most of the time. And uh, sometimes it gets forgotten. <laughs> but yeast is pretty small, but it has a big effect. Lead to disappointment or encouragement. <laughs> it can lead to failed expectations or, or joy, joy, joy. But Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God. He's not really talking about yeast. He's not really talking about seed. He's trying to give us some understanding. He's trying to let us know that the kingdom of God, as it manifests in the church, is intended to explode and expand. I don't know if you know this about mustard seed, but mustard, mustard is not an a perennial. You actually have to plant mustard every year. It doesn't keep coming back. And so when Jesus describes this mustard seed, he, he's, he's talking about something that's actually growing quite quickly in Israel, in that area. A mustard seed could often grow to up to 10 feet tall in one season. 
And you know, uh, you know that, that's, that's pretty remarkable growth because it's a fairly short growing season to plant a little small seed. Jesus would pick that out and he says, this is just not just growing, this is exploding. And when it's, it's growing big enough so it can begin to support some things, he says the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven manifest through the church is intended to expand. It's intended to grow. It's intended to have a growth spurt. Remember when I was in my uh, early teens, I, uh, I started school in grade, grade eight, going to school, and I, I realized looking back, uh, we, my family probably didn't have as much money as I thought they did, which is a good thing that I didn't know what was going on. But at the beginning of the year, I got, mom and dad bought me mail order, I'm pretty sure, it came from Sears catalog, because that's what it was back then. And uh, we lived on a farm, and I got a new pair of jeans for grade eight. New high school, new pair of jeans, and the high school went. Now, during my grade eight year, I had a growth spurt. But I had the same jeans the whole year. Now, I know it's quite fashionable now to not wear socks and to have your ankles exposed. I'm not doing it today because I didn't want to be a full demonstration. But when I was in high school, that wasn't cool. There was a word for that, and that was called, you're wearing floods. And so by the end of the year, I had had a growth spurt, and my pants, the length of my pants wasn't long enough anymore because I had a growth spurt. And you could see it was obvious that I wasn't the same height because I didn't wear those pants, those jeans intentionally in that style. It was completely as a result of growth. And when growth happens, when things expand, when things explode, when things happen, things don't always look the way you want them to look like. Things don't always happen the way you want them to happen. They don't always, uh, they don't always uh, appear right. <laughs> Jesus says the kingdom of God will be like that. It'll grow. There'll be growing pains. There'll be flood pants. So it's expansive. It grows. Both the yeast and the seed, they, they expand. They grow. Something happens there. Another thing about the kingdom of God that Jesus describes in this passage is, is the kingdom of God, it's, it's almost like it's intrusive. When I was growing up, we had a, I, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't even know you could grow these in Canada, but we grew up with one. In, my, in our front yard, we had a bamboo tree. I don't know if you've ever seen a bamboo tree, but every spring, my dad would take the lawnmower, and we'd cut this bamboo tree down. But by the middle of the summer, it was big enough that we could play, I, I, I don't know what we'd play, my, myself and my sister, we'd throw the ball over and, you know, over this bamboo tree, and you'd run through it. But it just took over the whole yard. And in the same way, Jesus talks about the kingdom of God. And he says, this yeast, you put this little, little bit of yeast in this batch of dough, and it takes over the place. Yeah. It doesn't just kind of stay neat and tidy where it's supposed to be. It doesn't kind of like stay in this little bit of dough. It just permeates and goes through everything else. It's intrusive. The kingdom of God intrudes on areas of your life that you don't want it to intrude on. At a conference this week, just in a uh, team church conference, and in the last service of the conference on Wednesday or Thursday, 
Thursday afternoon. So I'm listening to the speaker speak, and I, you know, I'm enjoying all of the stuff. It's all good. And then all of a sudden, he says something, and I went, you know what, God, you weren't supposed to have access to that part of my life. Any of you ever felt that way? Come on. You felt that way? God, I didn't, I really wasn't planning on you having access. And I'm standing at the back and I'm starting to cry because I realize that God is accessing something that I'd kept back from him because the kingdom of God is intrusive. See, sometimes we say Jesus, you know, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman and he is. He generally speaking doesn't go where you don't want him to go except we pray these prayers that say God changed me and he takes that as permission. And we take these, we say, we give, we pray these prayers like, use me, and he takes that as permission. But then he intrudes, uh, the kingdom of God intrudes into areas of our life that we didn't want him to intrude in, but that's the nature of the kingdom of God. You know, the other thing I see in this passage, which I think is pretty interesting, is, is when you plant that mustard seed in the ground, or you put that that yeast in the dough, it's not like it magically happens. It, it actually occurs, and you, you could sit there, and you could watch that mustard seed, and you wouldn't really see it grow. Even though it expands, it's, it's, it's almost like it's unnoticed. You walk away, you come back a few days later, and say, wow, it's really grown. If you sit there and you watch it, it doesn't move. You put the yeast in the, in, in the dough and maybe it'll, a little bit, but when you walk away and you come back and all of a sudden, it's so much bigger than it was before. How many times we look at our life and say, I'm not seeing anything happening. But run into somebody you haven't talked to for a while. Yeah. Boy, you've changed. Something happening in your life, it's different than it was before because the kingdom of God, it, 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 it happens almost unnoticed. But ultimately, it's transformative. Dough becomes something it never would have been if it didn't have yeast. It transforms. It changes the very nature. The kingdom of God, the, being part of church, the church is intended to change the nature of its environment. Mm -hmm. Very good. How many of you ever heard of uh, something called Chat GPT? All the techies in the room. So, uh, Chat GTP is a it's a relatively new new available to the public. It's a, it's a natural language, artificial intelligence framework. Now, do you understand what I'm saying? So basically, you can type into chat GTP, and you can type a question in there, and it will give you a full answer to it. And you can, uh, based on its research, it's all brand new. It's not like Google that's just bringing you new articles. It's talking back to you. It's a lot of fun. Freaky scary. So I prepared this message and I was, last night I went, I wonder what ChatGPT would say about this. Do not try this at home. So I typed into ChatGTP 
and I typed in, write a sermon based on Luke chapter 13, verse 19 to 21. You did catch that I said, I had already prepared this. This is not chat GPT. So I, 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 I got this, and, and I, 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 just, I love to share with you, but I, I got this message from, you know, I got this whole sermon, three points, introduction, conclusion, talked about the kingdom of God, talked about the kingdom of heaven, talked about growing, and it talked about intrusive, and it talked about all the things that I have talked about with you. And I went, I'm redundant. But then I realized something, it missed something. It, it, it actually missed the whole point of this parable. And maybe you did too. This parable is about the kingdom of God. This parable is about what the kingdom can do. This parable is about how the kingdom can grow. This is about how the church can grow. This is about how God can do things, has this potential to do things, but maybe you missed it. But nothing happened until somebody did something. Chat GPT missed it. I, I, I don't know if you caught it, but if we go to Luke, just because Chat GTP, that was their sermon. It said, it's like a mustard seed which a man took and planted. Seed didn't do anything till it was planted. It was just a bag of seeds till it was planted. It was just one of those little, I don't know if you do get them anymore, those little paper seed packets that you can get. I, I'm not a gardener, help me out. But you know, those little packets of seed, it, 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 it's just a packet of seeds till it's planted. It doesn't do anything until we do something. Nothing happens until we do something. That yeast, it comes in a, in a container. I know I bought it for my wife. I never use it, but I bought it for my wife, and sometimes she forgets too. But anyway, I never bought it. I bought it, and I, and I know it comes in a foil container, and you can keep it. It's got different names, Red Star or Yellow Star, I don't know, whatever. And uh, uh, Furman's yeast is all, 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 isn't it? Furman's, isn't that not? Okay, whatever. See, I told you it's not my expertise. But I know that we keep that in the fridge, and it doesn't do anything. Yeast doesn't do anything. Seeds don't do anything until somebody takes that seed and plants it. Until somebody takes that yeast and puts it in a bread and in the dough. Then it happens. And I'll tell you what. A whole bunch of us have been sitting around waiting for something to happen. And we're sitting here with seeds. Sitting here with yeast. So we got great yeast. Look at the potential. Look at the kingdom of God could become. But nothing happens until we do something. You know, uh, sometimes we think we're doing something, but we're not. You know, you can carry seeds around and show them to people and they still won't grow. 
meddling, but you know what? A lot of times we say, I'm praying for somebody because we don't want to pray with somebody. Let me show you the seed. I really don't want to put it in the ground. We can't pray that the seed would be planted. You know, there, I heard somebody say this the other day. God, help me to do the things that I must do so you can do the things that you can do. We can pray all we want for seed to be planted, but God's not going to do it. We can pray all we want for yeast to be put in the dough, but God's not going to do it. He said a man or a woman, a man plants a seed, a woman puts yeast in, in the dough. We do something with that. James chapter 2, verse 14 and 16 says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical health, what good is it? Let me show you the seed. But God didn't say show the seed. He said plant the seed. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 to 8 says, I planted the seed. Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. Did you catch that? God makes it grow, but he doesn't plant it. God makes it grow, but he doesn't put the seed in the ground. Mark chapter 16, I love this. Mark chapter 16, 17, 18 says, And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. Hear the rest of it. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. When, when, when did we, I'm going to meddle a little bit, but when did, we, when did we conclude that it was okay just to pray for people and hope they get well? It's kind of like showing them the seed and hoping it'll grow. You hear me? Pray for them. Lay hands on them. You know, I think Jesus was pretty intentional when he said lay hands on them because you can't lay hands on somebody from a long ways away. You actually have to do something. You have to plant that seed. You have to do that kind of thing. In these last two minutes of the service this morning, I want to ask you something today. We want the kingdom of God. We want the church to grow. We want the kingdom of God to happen. And that seed is here. That yeast is here. It's in our hands. But what will you do with it? What will we do with it? Maybe, maybe, maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're in Revelstoke or Kelowna. You're in this, or in Vernon this morning, and you're listening. And, and maybe you're here, and and in fact, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, and and you've believe that just because I go to church, I have a relationship with Jesus, or because I'm born in Canada, or because I live in Canada. It's a Christian nation, apparently, and, uh, and, and I'm a Christian. It's like kind of holding the seed. Here's what Jesus said. If you believe in 
heart, confess with your mouth, you'll be transformed. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but, I, but you said, I, I'd love to have a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to ask you today to do something with the seed. Maybe, maybe you have accepted Jesus, but you know there's a next step you need to take. Maybe you know that there's something else you need to do, that you're holding this seed, but you can't get the harvest you want. You can't get the growth you want. Maybe it's, I need to get baptized. Maybe I, I need to get a mentor. Maybe it's something like that you need to do. It's the next step. I'm challenging you today to put the seed in the ground. Put the yeast in the dough. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, or maybe just a few years. When's the last time you planted a seed in somebody else's life? When's the last time you told somebody, admitted, <laughs> that you went to church? Sometimes it's that little bit that's hard, isn't it? I was at the gym the other day, and I. I was just watching the parade of people at the gym, doing cardio, watching people, heaven. And, and I'm watching people, but I, I'm watching people of all sorts of different religious perspectives. And every one of them, it seemed, had their own outward. You know, I could tell when a Sikh walked in, I, I, I could tell uh, when a Muslim walked in, I, I could tell. And I went, Nobody has a clue about me. I said to my wife, I said, I, I, said, I, I want to get one of those big crosses just to hang it around my neck. Just, just so that somebody can complain that there's Christian symbols around me. You hear what I'm saying? I just don't want anybody to know I got seed in my hand. Somebody know I got some seed in my hand that I can plant. So last time you prayed for somebody, you prayed with somebody. Spower heads, close our eyes and first of all, you're here, you're watching the service, you're in Vernon, you're in Revelstoke, you're in Kelowna, you're online. And you don't have a relationship with Jesus. potential for health, for healing, for purpose, the kingdom of God, it's all right here in front of you. But you need to do something with the seed that you're receiving today. If you've never accepted Jesus into your life, if you've never made a decision to be a follower of God, a follower of Jesus, I'm inviting you this morning to make a decision, to make, take a step to plant a seed, to do something, and it's simple today. I just ask you, Revelstoke, Vernon, Kelowna online, would you just raise your hand so I can see it? If you're in your location, location pastor, see it. Say, hey, I just want a relationship with Jesus. I don't know who's here. I don't know what the state of seed is in your life, but I want you to have that opportunity to just take a step and say, I'm going to plant it. Maybe you're here this morning and you know that you need to 
take another step. You're a Christian, but you need to take the next step. You need to get baptized. You need to get into some discipleship. You need to move forward in this. I'm inviting you to make that decision right now. And you've been a believer for a while. Right now, God's speaking to you. There's somebody in your life that he wants you to pray for. No, he wants you to pray with. Or maybe there's somebody that just, you need to let them know that the God who lives in you is greater than their situation. And you need to plant a seed. The kingdom will do the rest if we plant the seed. It's God who gives the growth if we plant the seed. Father, this morning I pray for every person hearing this message today. God, I pray that they would be empowered, encouraged, and God, that the revelation of your spirit would come to us, Lord, that nothing happens if we don't do something. And God, right now, as you challenge us, God, as we hear you, as we listen to your spirit, to know what we need to do to get that seed in soil, to get that yeast in the dough, so that the kingdom of God can grow in our world. Father, I pray that we would hear and respond to that, and God, we would move forward in that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in today. Each week, we gather in cities across our region and online to explore the truth of freedom available to all in the message of Jesus Christ. To find a gathering near you or to find out more, head to c3church.ca.